The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to yet another edition of Round Ball Ramble. Y'all already know what it is. I'm your host Corbin Ford. You know where to find me, but if you don't, it's on Twitter at Corbin NBA C O R. B-A-N-M-B-A. Definitely make sure to check that out. Uh, Hoopball presentation, as y'all know. So make sure to find the fine folks of Hoopball online. Hoop-ball.com. I'll say it one more time. Hoop-ball.com. On Twitter at Hoopball Tweets. Literally everything you want for the NBA from a fantasy perspective, it's there. And it's not just that. Get wager advice. Get bet information. Fantasy. All of that. DFS. Team coverage daily team podcast alongside ones like this and of course the great the wonderful fantasy nba today check that all out again hoop-ball.com now check out the hoopball 360 deal get the fancy pass dfs wager pass everything there for a very very reasonable price up to the minute injury information uh everything you need to know so check that out today it's friday so you know what that means right it's fun trade friday uh you know i'm hitting this solo venture today but you know what it's my first main voyage, and it had to happen. It had to begin. I had to start this somewhere, right? So here we are. Same thing I did the last couple of weeks. We go to Trade MBA. You can definitely check that out on the website, TradeMBA.com, or on the app. They have a really good app, pretty much the same features there. Uh, either way, I see it. Why not? So definitely look at that. Uh, but also, we check out the popular trades, and I just break down a couple and kind of see what's going on. So let's do that. I mean, without further ado, we got the number one trade of this past week on Trade NBA. The title is Valanciunas goes to Boston, Memphis goes for youth. And it says to read the description, and so I will. But first, I'm going to tell you the trade. Basically, Robert Williams III, Time Lord, along with a 2023 first-round pick that is lottery protected, as well as a 2021 second-round pick, would go to Boston for Jonas Valanciunas. Okay? Interesting. Now, Let's hear why our good trade person, uh, this is a frequent guest here, Asad Ansari76, that's what he says. Why the Grizzlies do it? Why do they do it? The Grizzlies are a young team. There's all quotes now. With this trade, they let go of Valanciunas and they bring in quality youth. This trade allows them to give more minutes to players such as Xavier Tillman, JJ, which is uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Mr. Clark, Brandon Clark, and their new player, Robert Williams. This also clears up about $13 million in cap space, which may let them bring in a quality two or three during the offseason. They get lottery protected first in 2023, which can be in the mid-20s. The Grizzlies high roll here and get more youth on the team and focus future more than now. There's a couple lineups they could run out, and so he breaks down three. John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Xavier Tillman is one. Number two is the same, but with Robert Williams at center. Number three is John Morant, Brooks, Anderson, Clark, and JJJ. All right, fine. Those are your three lineups for the Grizzlies. Why the Celtics do it? The Celtics have been need for a center since the Orf-Horford era. Yes, with this trade, they bring in a quality center who can stretch, rebound, and defend. Three critical aspects of the game. They give up Robert Williams, which won't really matter because they have Tice, uh, Tristan Thompson, and the GOAT Taco Fall. Uh, They give up the 2023 pick, which shouldn't worry them because... Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been locked up until then. This will give them a better matchup against the dominant centers in the East, like Joel Embiid, Nikola Vucevic, Bam, etc. Here is the lineup. You have Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Jonas Valanciunas. So, the thoughts on this trade. It's interesting. I will say that. I mean, the picks are nice, and I can see where he's coming from in 
not, you know, in, in giving away those picks that, uh, you know, he says probably won't be valuable in a couple of years with the quality of the team they're going to have. Jonas Valanciunas as the center in Boston, I think, is a great fit. Someone that, as uh, Mr. Ansari said, or Mr. Ansari said, fits all the roles that they're looking for from a big now in this day and age, but also for the Celtics. A guy who at 6'11 is truly, he plays, you know, like a definite five. He can rebound. He's shown some stretchability. He can finish around the basket. He's someone to be more imposing than, you know, the relatively smaller front court of Daniel Tyson, Tristan Thompson. Uh, for the Grizzlies, they get a young prospect in the Rob Williams, who, yeah, you can kind of see how the Time Lord fits with these young guys, and you get two picks. So I, I like that. Uh, I try to see who wouldn't make this trade, and I, I don't know if I see Boston giving up the picks, even though, you're right, Jonas Valanciunas would be an upgrade. Would he be the upgrade to make the difference in the East, though? You know, lining up against the Duel Embiid. Like, he's serviceable there, but is he the answer there? You know, I think he would be a better a front court with him. Would you take it over Toronto? Would you take it over Brooklyn? I mean, I'd say yeah, but I'm just curious, you know? Like, I guess if, if Boston makes that move and they give away some picks and a guy in Robert Williams who, you know, is a young piece down the line, and you're taking on the two years 15 mil on Valanciunas, that's fine. Except, like, the the deal. Like, what are, what is your end game with that? What is your end game there? Just being more competitive up there? Because, yeah, your front line's bad, but, again, like, is that vaulting you to championship contention? Which Danny Ainge said uh, just yesterday, actually, that he does not believe that the Celtics, as currently constructed, are championship contenders. So then, I guess, does that movie make the move? I don't know. I look at it a lot more from Boston's perspective than Memphis's, where, yeah, Jonas Valanciunas is a very solid player, 28. Does he fit? You know, will he be on the next great iteration of the Grizzlies? Probably not, but he's a good guy who's helping these guys grow right now, and he's helping yield a competitive uh, roster on the floor for Memphis. So I don't think they'd be in a rush to get rid of him. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't think it's like that, especially for a lottery-protected first-round pick, which, I mean, unless you think Boston falls off the cliff in the next two years, you're basically getting, what, one second? I don't, I don't know. I ultimately... You know, as my good friend Justin would say, this is a fun trade. And I think we're going to look at it as such and just uh, leave all the judgment there. All right. Okay. Onward and upward to trade number two. All right. So this comes from Andrew Watto Zero. Andrew Watto Zero. Okay. Uh, the title, PJ Tucker and JaVale McGee to Brooklyn. Boom. Wow. How are you going to make the rich richer in Brooklyn with these two? Let's see. All right. So this three-team trade, which is a success, is between the Rockets. Yes. The Houston Rockets dabble again. The Brooklyn Nets and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Spencer Dinwiddie, along with a 2022 second-round pick and a 2025 second-round pick from Golden State, go to Houston. While Brooklyn receives PJ Tucker from the Rockets and JaVale McGee from the Cavs. And the Cavs, for their part, received Nicholas Claxton from Brooklyn, a second-round pick 2021 from Indiana, and a 2021 second-round pick from Atlanta. Interesting. So here's uh, the explanation here. Two trades the Nets should make before the deadline. Trade two. The Nets, here in this deal, solidify their front court with the additions of Tucker and McGee. This trade will help Brooklyn reach another level with the improved defense they are acquiring. Tucker is a nice 3 and D player that will get a lot of open looks due to the three stars around him making plays. McGee will take care of the paint and not allow too much to happen there. Getting these two players, I believe, makes it a lock for the Nets to come out of the East, barring injury. Nets, new starting lineup. Harden, Irving, Durant, Tucker, and McGee. Houston gets two second-rounders and Spencer Dinwiddie for giving up Tucker. This is really good for them because they'll have an insurance plan when they trade Oladipo or he leaves via free agency. A backward wall and Dinwiddie will keep the Rockets very competitive and a fun playoff team, potentially. The Cavs, by dealing McGee, fix their big man problem a little bit. Next, they trade Drummond to Toronto, which opens the door for Allen to be unleashed. Wow. Um, 
looking at this, ugh, like not only is it kind of a fun trade, because, I mean, P.J. Tucker and JaVale McGee solidifying Brooklyn, shoring up their weaknesses with a guy in JaVale McGee who, you know, can actually provide some vertical run protection, kind of stand around there as, as, as a legit big, and P.J. Tucker, who at 6'5", I mean, come on, defensively, they don't call him the, the tuck wagon for nothing, right? You play him at the 4 and McGee at the 5, you have a guy offensively who can stretch the 4 from the corners in Tucker, definitely can make uh, opposing players pay, and you can't double, you can barely double anybody now between James Harden, Kevin Durant, and, and, and Kyrie Irving, much less if you have P.J. Tucker sitting in the corners and JaVale McGee going on the roll. And you take him out and bring DeAndre eight and DeAndre Jordan, excuse me, on, then you're replicating that same type of vertical rim attack while also keeping some gravity on the floor from the corners and these three guys who can make anything happen as far as the shot creation is concerned. So that's great. Uh, for the Cavs, why not? I mean, you're getting rid of a guy in JaVale McGee who is an expiring contract anyway. You're not getting like a first round pick for him anyway. So to get two seconds and another young guy, Nicholas Claxton, sure. You have Jared Allen, you have him, uh, you letting go of Andre Drummond. Why not? See what you have there with that guy. Get the two second rounders for your trouble. Boom. Asset accumulation. That sounds good to me. For the Rockets, I agree. Spencer Dinwiddie, I mean, coming off the ACL, we'll see kind of how that goes. But you have uh, a guy that definitely will fit in potentially around John Wall. Someone who, you know, is still young enough that you can kind of see kind of where he's at, you know, see if he'd like to extend, see what's going on there. And yeah, you keep a team that's competitive because Dimwitty ain't bad. Like he's legit, and you get two second rounders as well, so you get to kind of refill that asset cupboard, asset cupboard that you kind of decimated when you were, you know, making deals and trading Chris Paul and trading Russell Westbrook for Russell Westbrook and then trading him. You know, so now you're getting a little bit more of that back. Yeah, why not? I this is the first trade in Fun Trade Friday. This is the third time the first legit trade that not only is fun but actually makes sense. Like I am really on board with this one. I really want to see it happen. It's it's legit. It's official. I'm rooting for a trade like this to happen. I mean, I expect there to be a few more picks, maybe. But, like, this right here, decent framework. Really good job, Andrew Watto Zero. Thank you for that. Wow, I'm, I am very much encouraged and just rejuvenated as we go on to trade number three. All right, all right, all right. Let's get to trade number three. And it is a doozy. The title. This is from, uh, again, Asada Ansari76. Thank you very much. The 76ers get ready for the postseason. The Nets add a center, the Pistons rebuild, and the Kings add D. D is for defense, and defense is for the Kings, apparently. All right, this is the framework of the deal. Hassan Whiteside basically goes from the Sacramento Kings to the Brooklyn Nets, while Terrence Ferguson, Michael Scott, and Glenn Robinson, along with a 2024 second-round pick and a 2023 first-round pick, would go to... Um, Detroit. Did I just say Michael Scott? Mike Scott, Michael Scott, same. But jeez, it sounds. You know when you say something, and it like immediately comes off weird. Like you're saying, you're like, whoa, I said that. That's how that felt. Michael Scott. It felt very. I feel like it's from a TV show. Anyway, I'm not gonna embarrass myself any more than I already have. But I feel it's from TV. Anyway, Mike Scott, Glenn Robinson, a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 second round pick would all go to the Pistons. Remember, Ferguson, Scott, and um, that 2023 second round pick are from the 76ers. That 2024 second round pick is from the Nets, and Glenn Robinson is from the Kings. So that's the Pistons package. For the Kings, they get Danny Green's expiring contract from Philadelphia alongside a 2026 second round pick from Brooklyn, a 2021 second round pick from Brooklyn, which is actually from Phoenix, and a 2021 second round pick from New York. The 76ers, they get DeLon Wright and Nemanja Bielitsa. DeLon Wright from the Pistons, Nemanja Bielitsa from the Kings. Let's get his reasoning here. I'm going to do it one more time. Nets get a sound white side. 
Pistons get Terrence Ferguson, Mike Scott, Glenn Robinson, two second-round picks. Kings, Danny Green, and three second-round picks. 76ers, DeLon Wright, and Nemanja Bielitsa. All right? Reasoning. Why the 76ers do it? 76 has been rumored to be looking at two point guards, George Hill and DeLon Wright. With this trade, they get one of those two, and they also get a stretch four who can provide a three-point shooting. They don't give up much stuff that is important to their roster. They give up Danny Green, who gets replaced, Mike Scott, Terrence Ferguson, who wasn't getting playing time, and a couple of seconds, depending on the way you look at it. The 76 either come out great, or they a loss because both of those plays might decline. So, he's saying that it could boom or bust? I guess he's saying what a trade can happen. Okay. Lineup, DeLon or Shake, along with Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. Why the Pistons do it? Detroit should be in full rebuild mode and go after Evan Mobley. Okay. With this trade, they get rid of one of their many vets, and in return, they get back many one-year deals in a couple of seconds. They hand to keep their offense fully to Grant this year, as well as Josh Jackson, and they try to trade Blake in a trade later on. Obviously, it was done a couple days ago. We already know that Blake Griffin is indeedy looking to move on from the Pistons. Mutual agreement between him and the Pistons. All right. Lineup. Dennis Smith Jr., Josh Jackson, Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, and Mr. Plumley. Why the Kings do it? The Kings are a confusing team to look at. Their young core has some day, some days where they beat a great team and then lose to the Pistons the next day. With this trade, they get back a three that can help them with one of their few problems, defense. They give up a few players that include Bielitsa, who gets replaced, Whiteside wasn't a big part of their team, and rotation. They also get a bunch of seconds. Lineup. De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, Danny Green, Jabari Parker. Um, Excuse me. Whoa, whoa. I'm still caught on the... Aye, aye, aye. They give up guy. Like, what is Danny Green helping again with? What is... He's helping with defense, one of their key problems. But for what? Are you trying to get... What are you trying to do? Are you trying to contend for a playoff spot? I mean, I... I okay. All right. Anyway, going back. I'm sorry. Darren Fox, Buddy Hill, Danny Green, Jabari Parker, Quan Holmes. Why the Nets do it? Pretty simple. They get a solid set and a really cheap price. No explanation needed, and the lineup remains the same. He thinks this trade is a total rare win-win-win. Boom. Um, is it, though? I mean, no. Like, all of these players and picks are being moved. But at the end of the day, what is the end goal? I mean, he says the 76 Gary for the postseason. I'm adding the line right in the Miami lead. So, yes, that is good. Except they lose Danny Green and two guys who, yes, are maybe not getting a lot of playing time, but still make up the back end of the rotation. Or, or at least depth pieces, and those are going along with the pick for their troubles. Um, Bielitsa, I mean, he does bring floor stretching ability, floor spacing ability. Darren DeLon Wright is a very serviceable point guard, so I see it where it's coming from. Um, the King getting defense, I mean, they get Danny Green. He's a, a defender, but he's been slipping, obviously, and I don't know if you bring him in like he's a Robert Covington for the Houston Rockets last season. He's not that type of defender. And, and for what? Just an expiring contract and some second-round picks? Okay. Uh, the Nets at a center? Okay, Hassan Whiteside. We just did a trade earlier where the Nets got, you know, JaVale McGee. A center that can be done a lot less um, convoluted than this trade was. And the Pistons continue their rebuild. Terrence Ferguson, Mike Scott, Glenn Robinson. I guess these expirings and more seconds. Yes, but, I mean, if you think about it, they're doing a pretty good job rebuilding now with the piece they have. You know, and, and aside from DeLon Wright, you're not really moving a lot of players with, with multiple years on their deals. I mean, you're not moving anyone with a multiple year on the deal alongside DeLon. You're just getting rid of DeLon Wright and bringing in three other expiring deals. I mean, I guess. But it's not like DeLon Wright is stunting the development of anybody. You know, I mean, like he's starting now because Killing Hayes is out. So 
it's not like he's someone that needs to be moved, you know, it's part of the old guard that has to be cleared up to make space for new blood. That's that's not what we're seeing here. In short, yeah, the trade's fun. I mean, anytime you can do a trade with at least eight players and it comes off with a success on the trade machine, I'll give you a fun. I, I'll give you that's a fun grade. I will say, fun Friday, you did it. Congratulations, you've won. I will go there. But, like, in terms of actual, like, value added for each of these teams, I don't see it. Maybe individual pieces. I think the best piece for me is that 76ers with Wright and Bielitsa. I mean, in theory, that looks good. You bring another guy to buttress that that uh, point guard spot, you know, help out there, and you do Nemanja Bielitsa as far as having some shooting and another, you know, another big change of pace off the bench for Ben Simmons, kind of like the Ursan Ilisova they had a couple years back. But, again, you're giving up guys. I mean, Danny Green's been serviceable, and you're giving up two other players along with a pick. Oh, sorry, three picks. No, two picks. A 2023 second rounder and the 2021 second rounder that they got from New York. I just, it's fun. It's fun, and, and I'll go with that. As far as a win-win-win, no, no, no. No, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's okay, and it works. And honestly, you got to give some love to Assad on Sorry76 because he is in this all the time. Plugging in trades, the guy stays tickering, he stays grinding. I, I'll, I'll give respect for that. That's awesome. But aside from that... I don't know. Actually, I do know. I just don't feel good about it. All right, you know, we'll do one more trade for a No Trade Friday here. This fun Friday, the 19th, February, almost halfway out of here. Going to be some crazy stuff coming up. We've got an All-Star game. I'll talk about it in the next show. It's going to be uh, a joy to talk about All-Star Day in the middle of the pandemic. How awesome is that? Also got some uh, wild stuff that I'm excited to kind of look into and see what's going to go on there. Some trade stuff. But aside from the actual real stuff, let's kind of get into some of the more fun fake stuff. So this trade here, again, the final trade of the Fun Friday edition for today involves a team, you know, that I, I'm, 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 I'm not going to lie. I, I'm fond of, I think y'all may know this, uh, the Lakers, right? So this one for one swap, two for one swap, let's just, let's kind of go into it here. Basically, oops, I'm sorry, I'm still stumbling over the last trade that I had here. Uh, you know, the fun one with the four-team 76ers. Okay, here we go. The title of this one is, The Lakers make an incredible trade to acquire Miles, Plum- Miles Turner, Miles Plumley. <laughs> the Pacers get a haul. All right, very simple. Lakers send Montrezl Howe, Kyle Kuzma with a uh, poison pill contract. Okay, Taylor Hunt and Jordan Tucker and a 2026 first round top three protective pick to the Lakers for Miles Turner. Uh, let's get his explanation here. This is by Andrew Walto Zero again. We get him again. Here's the explanation. The Lakers here pull off an amazing trade to pair Miles Turner with Anthony Davis. This arguably gives them one of the best front courts in NBA history. Turner is a great defender who's a defensive player of the year candidate right now, and Davis is a great defensive player too in his own right. What will make this duel even more scary is that they can both space the floor and hit jumpers. Having two big men that can play defense and shoot the three will do wonders for LeBron's career and its quest to catch MJ in rings. This deal solidifies. Could not speak, could not speak. Take a minute, Corbin. This deal solidifies LA, a spot in the finals if everything goes well health-wise and injury-wise. I don't see any team being an actual threat to them if they acquire Turner, not even the Nets. Okay, Lakers' new starting lineup with this deal. Dennis Schroeder, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Miles Turner with Cook, Caruso, Matthews, McKinney, Morris, and Gasol off the bench. I'll tell you where they messed up, but let's continue. Now on to the trade details. The Lakers give up the reigning six-man of the year, 
in Harrow, Kuzma, a young guard with high potential in THT, Taylor Horn Tucker, and a top three protected pick. Yes, this is an overpay. I repeat, this is an overpay. But according to Mr. Andrew Watto, overpaying is necessary because there's going to be so many teams calling about Turner and submitting nice offers to land him. LA is going to have to beat out all those offers to land him, which is why I think this is a realistic and possible trade. For the Pacers, they become an even more competitive and better team with the pieces that they are acquiring here. They get Kuzma, who will start alongside Sabonis in the front court, which I believe is a very nice pairing. Then they get a backup center in Harrow, who will give them very good and valuable minutes. He can even play alongside Sabonis at the center if they want to go big, which they already have a lot of experience doing. Lastly, they get a nice young player in THT that can score off the bench. This trade, I believe, makes Indiana the deepest team in the league and a real threat to win the East this year. Whew. Big pause. So we're going to go back to what Andrew Watto Zero said in that second paragraph, right? Actually, it starts with the Lakers' new starting lineup. Dennis Schroeder, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Miles Turner. On his face, that looks fine. Mind you, he led off with Quinn Cook, and I know he did not mean to do so, right? Really, he means, you know, Marc Gasol, Markeith Morris, then Caruso and Matthews, then Cook and McKinney. But either way, you are taking a hell of a hit, giving away the reigning sixth man of the year, who, although has his struggles in defensive end, is actually a guy you can run offense through. That back, that, that bench that the Lakers are going to trot out, you're going to have to stagger James or Davis because Turner's not the guy you run your offense through. And neither are any of the guys you have off the bench. I mean, Gasol you can, but you need a lot of play finishers. And Matthews is a dependent player. Caruso is a dependent player. Cook is a dependent player. Morris is a def- dependent player. They all have to play off of someone. You're putting out a whole bunch of people, mixing them in with James or Davis. You are kind of restricting your, your shooting ability. I mean, Caruso is shooting decently this year. Cook is good, but there's, he's a liability on, the, on one end already, and there's a reason not getting that many minutes to begin with. Wes Matthews is decent. Uh, Morris is an okay shooter. He's had a rough year from there to begin with. So, again, you're you're hitting the Lakers bench hard. You're getting rid of a guy in THT who makes plays on defensively, makes plays in transition, gives them a jolt of energy, has been a nice spark plug for them already, and is the one thing resembling anything close to a young asset that you have next to Kyle Kuzma. That's gone. Along with the sixth man of the year in Harrell and Kuzma, who has been playing really well this year at spots. Right? Defensively, he's improved. Rebounding, he's been like a rebounding monster. He still gives you some offense here and there. You're doing all that for a guy in Miles Turner, who is a very good defense player of the year candidate. Hands down, yes, sir. But no. No. All that to match up with Anthony Davis, that's great. And in 2K, that'd be amazing. Because you're right, offensively, they do have some skills. You know, you can definitely... um put up some good actions, some double drags, be kind of nice with some of these guys. Like, I, I I could see some nice fits here, but no, just no. I mean, is it fun? Yeah, it's fun until you realize that, whoa, if you're the Lakers, like, you're looking at your bench and three of your key contributors are gone, along with the first-round pick. Granted, top three protected, but still. Ah, I mean, maybe somebody else likes this deal. And, you know, if you do, more power to you. Andrew Waddle, you took the hit. You came up there. You, you went up to bat, and you made that happen. I respect it. I really do. I think the trade is fun. I really do. Do I think the trade is, is feasible? I mean, why would the Lakers do it? I just... Uh, no. No. Realistic, no. But fun, yes. All right. Well, you know what? This 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 has been fun. This is uh, another short, uh, fun trade Friday. I love Trade NBA, so I, I definitely want to shout them out. Um, it's not just the trades that they have in terms of the trade of the day and the most popular trades, all of that. Uh, you have your own tr- trade machine, which right now, in my opinion, is one of the best in the biz. You can also launch a, a mock draft simulator. You can create your own big board. You can spend hours on this bad boy. You know, become a member, 
and just stay after it, getting out and just getting in and, and, and making it happen. This is a lot of fun to go on. You can definitely lose yourself in this for real. Uh, no doubt about it at all. But new draft tools coming up, a site redesign that's been continuing, uh, you know, top contracts list. Like, this is a good deal. So I definitely recommend it as an amazing resource to kind of enhance your own NBA uh, knowledge and also, you know, kind of go a little crazy. Be the, the mock GM that you can also be an NBA 2K on or on Basketball General Manager. You know, like, why not make that happen? But, uh Aside from that, another another resource I want to shout out, and I've had Aaron Washington on before to share this, but check out No Trade Clause. They're doing some really, really cool stuff. They actually just dropped a podcast, and that is why I'm bringing them up, because they are under my what have I been watching, reading, or listening to. No Trade Clause. Uh, check them out, notradeclause.com. Another site, powered by Sports Business Classroom, which you've heard me talk about, and I will always talk about how dope they are, but between contract information cap central transactions you get cap rules you have great articles and now they have a podcast in episode one uh just sharing a little bit of what i've listened to uh up to this point they they kind of talk about blake griffin uh john collins a few other players that are making headlines before trade season uh what are andre Drummond's chances of being bought out versus traded and you also get to learn a little bit more about no trade clause and what it is uh, from members of the team so I highly recommend that again, no trade clause. You can check them out, notradeclause.com. All right, y'all, this has been fun. I'll be back literally, you know, tomorrow. We're going to keep content rolling. Uh, I've missed y'all. It's been a minute, and, uh, you know, it's fun to get back on the grind. So definitely make sure to check me out on Twitter at CorbinNBA, HoopBall, HoopBall. They're the bomb. They are the bomb. Aaron Bruski, Dan Bresper's. Adam King, we got some stuff cooking, too, coming up. So y'all just stay tuned because it's about, if y'all think it's good now, like it's about to get real lit. It's about to get real lit. But uh, you won't know that if you don't check them out, right? So hoop-ball.com on Twitter at hoopballtweet. So definitely do that for me, all right? And in the meantime, between time, I am Frosty. Y'all say Frosty, and I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) y'all. All right, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.